reaching Israel and the world. Shalom of beloved ones. Peace and blessings to you. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia, my love, so good to be able to work in the Lord's service together. And um, I know you told me that this morning the Lord was speaking to you about chivalry. And I had to ask you for clarification. Now, what exactly do you mean by chivalry? So maybe you can explain that for all of us and then share with us what the Lord was impressing on your heart. As I was looking to him in the first of the morning. I always try to refocus from all the distractions and focus on him. And I was just looking up and, and just the word chivalry. And he was just speaking of how he is, he's the perfect representation of chivalry for us. That's the, the perfect knight in shining armor that's there to save us, to protect us, to guard us. And, uh, but he's perfect, he's like the perfect chivalry. If you think of a knight in shining armor, you know, when I came in today, I was so blessed. One of the, the editors came out, they saw me coming with all these bags in my hand and they opened the door for me, you know, chivalry, that's who Yeshua is. He's just full of love and care for us. Amen. Well, beloved ones, I pray that as I preach the Word of God today, that the Holy Spirit would impart something to your soul that will strengthen you in your confidence with God, in your walk with God, and in your ability to communicate Him and share Him with others. We are continuing our study today in Messianic Prophecy. This is now season six in this series. So I don't know how many messages I've so far preached on this subject, but you'll want to go back and watch all the earlier episodes because I laid such a foundation for how to understand what the New Testament writers meant when they quoted an Old Testament scripture and they said that this scripture had been fulfilled through Messiah Jesus. It's a broad and it's a deep subject and it's not as simplistic as some people think. It's not just arithmetic. There are many colors and nuances in which messianic prophecy is fulfilled in the person and by the ministry of Messiah Jesus. We are presently at this stage in our journey down the road of messianic prophecy. We're looking at predictive prophecy. We're not looking at types and shadows. We're looking at specific prophecies that were in the Hebrew Bible that were scientifically, historically, visibly already fulfilled through Messiah Jesus. And then we're going to also get into some future prophecies that we're waiting yet to see fulfilled. But I want to go back and just briefly review some of the prophecies that have been fulfilled that I've already covered in the earlier episodes in this series in the previous seasons. We look, for example, at the, at the fact that the Hebrew Scriptures revealed that Messiah would be eternal, that He's not just a man. He is the Son of God. He is God Himself clothed in humanity. As the Hebrew prophet said, His goings forth are from long ago or from everlasting. So the Hebrew Bible specifically revealed the nature of Messiah, that He would be eternal. 
Now, why is this important? Because some of you that are watching right now may have never questioned or thought about this specific issue about the Hebrew Scriptures prophesying that Messiah's goings forth would be from everlasting, from before time was. But the reason this is important to the study of Messianic prophecy is because in traditional Judaism today, the fact that Messiah is eternal is not taught. Rather, what traditional Judaism believes is that the Messiah would just be a man, although a highly anointed man, and that there is potentially a Messiah in every generation. This is rabbinic teaching, and it depends upon the behavior of the Jewish people whether the potential Messiah in every generation will in fact be revealed as the Messiah. And so rabbinic Judaism's view of the Messiah is not that he's eternal, but rather that he's just a man that's highly anointed. But we believe that the Hebrew Scriptures taught that the Messiah would be more than just an ordinary man, that his goings forth would have been from everlasting, which they are, and that he is, in fact, eternal. And then we taught that Messiah in the Hebrew Bible is referred to as Emmanuel, meaning God with us, or specifically, with us is God. I love that. The Hebrew title of the Messiah, Emmanuel, is actually translated literally, with us is God. And so we read in the Hebrew prophet that his name shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And of course, we see this fulfilled in the Gospels. We taught about that divine synchronicity between the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament once again in the earlier episodes. And then we taught that Messiah is actually called or revealed as the Son of God in the Tanakh or in the Hebrew Bible. And I showed you how that was fulfilled in the New Testament. Then we traced Yeshua's genealogy from Abraham through, through the, the whole line of uh, Isaac and Jacob and eventually coming through the tribe of Judah and being the offspring uh, of David. Messiah is going to come from the line of David. So we traced his genealogy from the very beginning, showing how the Hebrew Bible gave us insight as to when Messiah would arise, how we would know he is the one by knowing his genealogy, where he would come from. And then we looked at the fact that Messiah would come into the world through a supernatural birth. And we talked about this whole concept of supernatural births rooted in the Torah or in the Tanakh. We look, for example, at Abraham uh, impregnating his wife Sarah when Abraham was 100 years old and she was 90. And it was a scientific impossibility. This is why in the book of Bereshit, Genesis chapter 17 and 18, where the Lord uh, reveals to Abraham that, that his wife's going to conceive, when his wife Sarah heard about it, she laughed. And the Lord said, why did she laugh? Is anything too difficult? Is anything impossible for God? And so when we look at the forefather of all believers, Abraham, and the one that is called the first Jew, Abraham, we see that his progression, his uh, genealogy happens supernaturally, meaning the genealogy going forward I'm referring to now, that his son was brought into the world supernaturally because Sarah conceived when she was past the age of childbearing. And so we saw how this prophecy, if you will, this prophetic 
insight into the road that Yeshua would come into the world through was ultimately fulfilled when the most unique supernatural birth of all took place when Miriam, her Hebrew name, or Mary, conceived supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. So this is beyond just conceiving at age 90. She was still a young woman, but she conceived without ever having sexual relations with the man. And then we read in the book of Daniel chapter 9, the prophecy that many see as given the time at which Messiah would come. In Daniel 9, we see that Messiah would come into the world before the destruction of the second temple. And then we continued by seeing where he would be born, that the Hebrew Bible specifically tells us that he would come from the town of Bethlehem. And all these scriptures, beloved, we see fulfilled in the Brichada Shah, a scientific impossibility that all these scriptures, many of them already known to be messianic prophecies, Yeshua fulfilled historically in literal time and in literal, literal space. And then we read in the Hebrew Bible, in the book of Malachi, that Yeshua or the Messiah's coming into the earth would be preceded by a messenger. The Lord said that before he sent Messiah, before he sent his messenger, he would be preceded, the messenger would be preceded by Elijah. And so when Yeshua walked upon the earth, uh, the rabbinic uh, teachers and scholars came up to Jesus and his disciples and said, if you're the Messiah, where's Elijah? Because our prophets told us that before Messiah came, Elijah would come first. And Jesus said, John the Baptist, Yochanan, we say in Hebrew, the immerser is Elijah, if you can receive it. You see, at the end of the day, we have to understand that there's only one way to correctly interpret messianic prophecy, and that's through the lens of the Lord. It's through the, the, the eyes of God. And so if God says that this particular prophecy is fulfilled in Yeshua, whether we thought it would be fulfilled in the way that it was fulfilled or not, we have to step back and say, God knew what he meant when he said that Elijah would come before Messiah. And he knew what he meant when he said, John the Baptist is Elijah who was to come. And so my point is, is that sometimes when the New Testament writers made claims that Yeshua had fulfilled a certain prophecy in the Hebrew Bible, or the Tanakh, those that were alive at the time that had rejected Yeshua argued that Yeshua had not, in fact, fulfilled the messianic prophecy. They said, well, that's not what that messianic prophecy meant, or Yeshua didn't fulfill the messianic prophecy in the way that we understood that the Messiah would fulfill the messianic prophecy. But at the end of the day, when Father God gave the messianic prophecy to the writers of scriptures, he knew what he meant when he had the, the, uh, the, uh, the prophet write it down. And when he gave the prophet the words of information to write, Father knew that the way that the scripture was going to be fulfilled was in Yeshua. In other words, all scripture needs to be interpreted through the lens of Yeshua and the Brichadashah, the New Testament, because Yeshua is the fulfillment of it all. So even though some prophecy may not have been fulfilled like the Hebrew writers expected, or 
Sometimes the New Testament took out a portion from the Hebrew Bible and said Yeshua had fulfilled it, even though the writers of the Hebrew Bible, or those, I should say, rather, that read the Hebrew Scriptures during the time of Yeshua weren't expecting a prophecy to be fulfilled. And I explained all this in the earlier episodes when, for example, I talked about how Matthew said concerning Jesus, out of Egypt did I call my son. Because remember, the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph, Yeshua's father, and said, take the child to Egypt because Herod was putting the male Hebrew children to death. And then after Herod had passed away, the angel again spoke to Joseph and said, take the child out of Egypt and bring him back to Israel. So Matthew quotes this scripture, out of Egypt did I call my son, take it from the book of Hosea, and applies it to Jesus and says Jesus fulfilled the prophecy because Jesus was in Egypt with Joseph, and when Herod had passed, he brought Yeshua out of Egypt back into Israel, but upon first reading in the book of Hosea, when you read, out of Egypt did I call my son, in the original context, it didn't appear that that was actually a prophecy pertaining to something in the future. It seemed to be just a historical note that the Lord was speaking about in referring to Israel, that out of his people Israel, uh, that rather out of Egypt did he bring his people Israel. But Matthew uses that scripture to say Yeshua fulfilled it. My point is, beloved one, that messianic prophecy ultimately has to be understood through the lens of Father God and the New Testament writers, regardless of what anybody thought the prophecy meant or didn't mean at other times in history. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of scripture. That's why Yeshua took his disciples on a journey beginning with the first book in the Hebrew Bible and showed them the things that concerned himself. Now remember I said that every piece of the tabernacle contains a prophetic picture of our walk with God today. Now, one of the most exciting teachings that has awoken all of us is the teaching on the tabernacle. So this fence symbolizes the separation that's taken place in man's life because of sin. I've heard about the, the tabernacle once, but I've never had the whole teaching. The significance of the tabernacle has brought a lot of meaning to our salvation. And then the worshiper would take his hands and place it on the head of the animal. Today I've learned that there was a sacrificial lamb. You'll come and speak your sin over the lamb. When the lamb is being sacrificed, you'll be cleansed through that. So the lamb is Jesus Christ, and he shed his blood because of us. Notice that there was only one way in. That one way represents Jesus. Let's say it together, Jesus, Jesus. You know, you see the message from the outer court to the inner court, and it climax today with the Holy of Holies. So that really blew our heads, and it takes you back to have a yearning and a desire for God. Beloved, God has given me the gift of breakthrough, but breakthrough opportunities cost money. This is why I'm asking you today, 
would you consider becoming a monthly partner with me and discovering the Jewish Jesus? There are so many things that we can do, so many people that need to be reached, but we can't do it, beloved, without your help. If the Lord is blessing you through this ministry, if you believe in it, if you believe in the words that I'm speaking, that the world needs to hear them, that people can be helped by them, I want to ask you to partner with the Lord through discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm confident of this. Everything that we do for King Jesus, we're going to be rewarded for. Thank you for your help. Well, as we continued on, we said the Hebrew Bible talked about Messiah being a messenger of good news. And you know what? I'm so far into the review now. I'm just going to go right ahead into new material. You can go back and get the other episodes. Many more ideas I talked about how Yeshua fulfilled. Now, let's get into some new teaching today. We read in the Hebrew Bible, this is really important, that Messiah would enter Jerusalem seated on a donkey. So I'm going to read from the Hebrew prophet Zechariah. I'm reading Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the king is coming. Behold, the prophet prophesies, your king is coming to you, mounted on a donkey. And so we read in the New Testament, Yeshua is being led into Jerusalem on a donkey. I'm reading from the book of Matthew. We're going to read a little bit of a lengthy section of Scripture, but I want you to get this. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 9. Hear the word of God. When they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And so what is Matthew referring to here? He's referring to the passage in Zechariah that I just read. And so Matthew continues once again. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, here we go, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And then he continues on to elaborate. And then in verse 9 he says, The crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so this is really a remarkable insight into the nature of God. First of all, we've seen fulfillment of messianic prophecy. That alone should solidify your faith in Jesus. That he's not one of many. He's not a Messiah that might be good for you but he's not necessarily the savior of people that live in other parts of the world that have grown up with different religions. No, the claims of Yeshua are exclusive. Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. God gave us, Father God gave us these messianic prophecies to solidify and secure our faith in the only begotten son of God. There is no other way into heaven by which men could be saved. 
but I also want you to see insight into this, into this text we're looking at here. I want you to gain insight into the nature of God and of Mashiach, of Messiah. How did he enter Jerusalem riding, riding on a donkey, a, a beast of burden? He came in humble. He didn't come in like a king. He didn't come in with a lot of pomp. He came in, the Bible says, gentle and humble, humble, mounted on a donkey. It's an amazing thing to realize and to seek to comprehend in a greater way that God, the all-powerful God, the one that has been from everlasting, the one that has always been, the one that could do anything he wants to do and no one can stop him or tie his hands, he is gentle and humble of heart. Yeshua said, learn of me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yeshua said, humble yourself and you will be exalted. Jesus himself is gentle and humble. And so he comes into Jerusalem mounted on a donkey, a beast of burden, revealing the humble and the gentle nature of God. That the God of the universe, the eternal God, has put himself in a position that you and I can touch his heart. That when you and I choose to love him, when you and I choose to love Jesus, when you and I choose to sacrifice and choose to follow Jesus, even when it hurts, it moves the heart of God. He's touched by our feelings. He's touched by our love. We can actually add to his happiness when we choose to please him and love him. Even though God is complete and needs nothing, there's a mystery here that he gets joy when you and I love him. The Bible says that all the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. God is moved, beloved ones, by our love. Why? Because he's gentle and humble and has voluntarily put himself in a position. The all-powerful God has stooped down low and put himself in a position where you and I can touch him. We can make him weep. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. We see that when all the people were, were, were weeping because Lazarus had died, Lazarus had died, it says that Jesus wept. We can either move him, beloved, to joy, or we can grieve the Holy Spirit and cause sadness in his heart. That is God's genius in creating you and I in his own image. We can touch this humble one, this gentle one that rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. The question is, what will you do? Will you humble yourself too? Will we pull back and disconnect from everything that is causing us to be separated from the Lord? And will we say, Jesus, I want to love you. I want to touch your heart. I want to put you first. I want to do whatever I need to do so that you can experience my love and that we can be united together Father God, prepare me to meet Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb and help me to walk with humility in gentleness of spirit, full of mercy and full of peace. Shalom Yedidim, that's Hebrew for beloved friends. 
I hope and pray that you are blessed and strengthened by today's program. I want you to consider this. Those of you that are already financially supporting the ministry, do you know that there are many people that were watching Discovering the Jewish Jesus just now, just like you are, who are not supporting the ministry financially? And yet, because of those of you that are supporting us, people today were sitting on their couches during this last half hour, they were strengthened, they were blessed, and perhaps many were even saved. We get testimonies of people that have come to the Lord for the first time through this ministry all the time. So those of you that are financially supporting us, I want you to know this ministry is bearing a lot of fruit and the church is being built all over the earth because of you. For those of you that are being blessed by this ministry and strengthened, maybe you're even watching for the first time, I want to ask you today, would you too become a monthly partner of Discovering the Jewish Jesus? I want to thank you for your love and for your financial support. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh Yahweh May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, find out the truth behind the persecution and crucifixion of Jesus and what that means for your life today. Don't miss this exciting episode.